Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Tommy Tiernan podcast. And today I'm going to be talking about fear. I'm... Uh, a feared of dogs um, for very good reason. I've only ever been bitten once by it was by a bad bastard of an Alsatian in Africa. I was about five years of age and it was lashing rain and I was immune to it of course and I was outside down the road playing and my father, we lived at the top of this little kind of road and my father stepped out of the house to shout, Tom, the Lone Ranger is on. That was my favourite television show. And weren't we lucky to be getting the Lone Ranger on Zambian television in 1974? So I wanted to run up. This was in the days now before you could pause or record onto your skybox. So I ran... And instead of running on the dirt track path in front of the houses, what I did was I ran through the front gardens, uh, hopping over the little fences that separated one territory from another. And it was fantastic. I was five and full of good, young, spunky energy. <laughs> and I was went through this house belonging to this... Swedish family and I didn't see him coming the devil dog just he didn't take too kindly to me being seen to be sprinting through his patch and he fucking nailed me five years of age and he bit me on the back and ever since, I think ever since, anyway, I've been scared of dogs. To the extent that, that uh, I remember as a teenager, and it would probably still happen to me as an adult if I was ever in this situation. In Navan, we lived at the end of an unlit lane. And to be walking home from the town in the winter to me it was terrifying because I would I'd be hallucinating shapes in the shadows of the trees and the ditch 
and the play of shrubbery moving and I'd be convinced I'd be convinced there'd be another bad bastard of a Swedish Alsatian waiting for me just there I can see him I can fucking see him so what I'd have to do is I would wait I would wait until a car drove past and the bush was lit up and of course there never was a dog there I've never been bitten by a dog in the 45 years since that first mauling but the fear is still with me these are fearful times now I remember being really surprised when my daughters told me that they had a fear of being kidnapped when I was a kid you had a fucking desire to be kidnapped you could only fantasise about strangers coming taking you away out of the hellhole of your own house and go on an adventure but they were saying to me that it was because of the God be good to her and God be good to her family the whole Madeleine McCann story and it must have slipped our minds as a culture that when the news was on every hour two o'clock, three o'clock, four o'clock, five o'clock on our radios as we were driving our daughters to and from school that this information was going in when they were catching the 24-hour news station when they were seeing the headlines in the front of newspapers and they understood that they lived in a world where little girls could be taken out of their bedrooms while their parents were 20 yards away And God knows what happened to them when they were stolen. And so they became afraid. Isn't that an awful thing that kind of caught us blindsided? Our obsession with news and the drama of news and the horror of some people's lives. The televisual and media obsession with gossip and drama has frightened our children. But fear and courage are the same thing, really. It's the same wind. Sometimes you're facing into it and sometimes it's blowing at your back a few years ago one of my daughters and a couple of her pals they would have been about 11 years of age and they were walking up a country lane and a fella cycled in front of them Spanish looking fella in his late teens or early 20s threw his bike again a gate hopped over the gate and as my daughter and her pals were walking past he had the trousers dropped to the ankles and he had the lad in the hand and he was pulling away to bait the bandits and he wanted these young girls uh, to see him. He was kind of wanking at them. Now they shrieked 
and ran. They, to be affronted with this, the, the erect penis is quite a, a vulgar, aggressive declaration of uh, sexuality that for the most part, it's all very well, you know, having sexy pictures of, you know, fellas in their underpants with fantastic torsos and washboard stomachs, you know, advertising pants or socks or sunglasses. It's all very well having beautiful, heavy-chested, suntanned women advertising everything else. That's kind of... uh, That's a sexuality uh, without the murkiness or without, without the muck of your too raw too pagan too rude so the girls ran to the safety of one of their houses and were half skittish and half upset and flustered and upset by it, you know. But 45 minutes later, they decided they weren't going to be imprisoned in their own houses. So they they went out walking again. They went up to the playground and were sitting there having a chat. And then who did they see with his bicycle leaning against the playground gate but Germano come back? And what did they do? They took out their phones and they chased him. They ran after him telling him to fuck off and these are 11 year old girls haven't even made their confirmation. Like The Holy Spirit hasn't even descended upon them to give them the wisdom of the ages. Eleven chasing a man with their phones. We're filming you, you bastard. Don't ever fucking come back here again. And they chased him out of the parish. And afterwards, they said not only were they chasing them, chasing him for themselves, they were chasing him for every other child in the parish as well. So this fear and courage they're so linked it's like anxiety and confidence an actor by the side of the stage vomiting with stage fright just the stress of what they have to go through taking such an awful toll on their central nervous system everything just constricting to an unlivable tightness and the body just retching from the fear of it. And eight seconds later, they stride out like King fucking Lear, commanding the attention of a thousand people and no bother to them. So these, to me it seems as if it's the same energy. Culturally, 
this is a fearful time and I hope, please God, that we're able to be in a situation in a few years' time where we can look back and identify the motif that's running through the land at the minute. I think people are afraid. People are afraid to say the wrong thing. People are afraid to tweet the wrong thing. People are afraid to have the wrong opinion because we've seen it. We've seen people being hounded out of their jobs for saying the wrong thing. Now, it's one thing to be challenged on something that you've said, and this is proper and it is right. But it's another thing if a college professor or a radio show host or a sports commentator or a journalist loses their job for saying the wrong thing. It's one thing being called named and it's one thing people taking you to task. But losing your job because of something you might have tweeted eight years ago or because of a sentence that came out of your mouth during a conversation. That to me is corporate lynching. To deny someone the opportunity and the practicality of paying their mortgage, paying their bills, feeding themselves and their families because of an opinion, irrespective of how erroneous the opinion is. It's just an opinion and opinions change. Things should be up for debate. But to be hounded out of your employment by these bad bastard dogs of outrage to be howled out of employment by them we're going to look back I think and go Jesus how, how did we not see that that was just wrong I think we're awash with a kind of hysterical immaturity right now. It's all over America. America has always struck me as a very frightened country. And so is Australia, I think, Canada. They're just... I used to think it was because these countries were... They were especially America, had a kind of puritanical streak. It was... It was colonised by Bible readers literalists and I used to think that uh, a country that was built on blood is never going to right itself until that holocaust has been addressed but now I think that every country is built on blood I don't know, I can't call to mind any nation state that was ever created without something being sacrificed. So you say that the the white Europeans with their Bibles sacrificed 
the Native Americans. You could say that the white sailors who landed on the shores of Australia sacrificed the Aboriginal man and that those countries really have never recovered from that bad start because before they landed on the shores of those two different territories America wasn't a country Australia wasn't a nation state they were just places I'm wandering around America now I feel as if there's a tightness there, a, a tightness of manners and smiles, which is really just a, a facade. It's, it's a mask hiding their fear. I prefer Europe. Europe seems a bit more mature. There's, the darkness is a bit more visible and accepted in Europe. But I, I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. Just sentences coming out of my mouth, but... This is how I pass the time, just fucking waffling in an unchallenged way. What other things would I be afraid of? Um, I suppose I'd be afraid that some of me male friends want to ride me. And that I'd, I'd look at myself in the mirror, big bald patch and a grey beard and a face that <laughs> like I'm an owl lad you know and all my all my male friends are owl lads and you can kind of accept a certain level of sexual tension as teenagers or maybe in your uh, early 20s when people are out just trying to discover themselves and you know curious about stuff and a good natured inquiry into sexual practice but it's kind of fucking disappointing to be in your 50s and to register a fear that you have that your other 50 year old pals that some of them might want to ride you Jesus will we ever get over ourselves I have a fear of emotions as well I have a fear of a world of emotional chaos and an empire not disciplined by the logic of thought it feels like drowning I've never drowned, but, you know, poetic license and all that. It feels like falling into an ocean, an endless, bottomless ocean of feelings that desire your annihilation. And you think to yourself, just where did that come from? Where did that fear of emotion come from? And you wonder, can you ever actually trust memory? And you're thinking to yourself, Jesus, was I ever bit by a fucking dog at all? 
Like, when my father came out of the house and said, Tom, Tom, the Lone Ranger is on. I mean, that was a man, wasn't it? The fucking Lone Ranger. I mean, just himself and Tonto and independent and riding around on a horse and doing good things for people. Helping strangers in the village and then just fucking off into the mountains with his man friend to light fires and stab badgers and cook grizzly bears and raccoons. That's the fucking life. And that's why my my father probably watched it with me. All men just want to be cowboys. Because it's fucking clear when you're a cowboy. It's clear that you're alone, that life is shit. But there is whiskey when you need it. There's hooers if you need that. And there's mountains and freedom and lying round fires at night with other lads just farting and keeping an eye out for raccoons and Indians and stuff like that. And I wonder that maybe as I ran up, ran up through the different front gardens of our neighbours. Maybe it wasn't a fucking dog that came out and bit me at all. Maybe it was me mother. Maybe me mother disguised as a fucking Swedish Alsatian. She knew she didn't want to lose me to the cowboy world. She wanted to make a new man of me. And she thought the only way she could do this was by dressing up as a dog and hiding in one of the neighbours' houses. And when she saw me, to just fucking lap out and dig her nails and her teeth into me fucking back. Now, I'm not completely, completely over the fear of dogs yet, but it isn't as bad as it used to be. And I think one of the reasons for this is because I now own, is that the right word? I now feed and shelter two dogs. And when you live in close proximity to them, you realise that your fears are mainly unfounded. And perhaps the same goes for my fear of feelings and emotion and a kind of annihilation. And maybe my fear of this is being tempered and trained by the fact that I have daughters, young children and a remarkable wife who teaches me to try and trust her. T-H-R-U-S-T That's all from me, folks. I hope you enjoyed this little ramble. See you soon. Bye-bye. This podcast is part of the Acast Creator Network. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mm. 